They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt and Paul Wooster. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Next Gen On Mission podcast. My name is Shane Pruitt, National Next Gen Director for the North American Mission Board. And with me as always is my brother, my co-host, my ride or die, Paul Wooster, our National Collegiate Director. What's up, Paul? What's going on, man? Hey, I'm actually, I'm taking a break from sodas and energy drinks. So I got my Gatorade right now. I'm still drinking coffee at times, but I got Gatorade. So I'm trying to be a little bit more healthy. I don't know if that's more healthy or not, but that's what <laughs> man, I'm, I'm so proud of you, dude. Cause you're like an energy drink guru, man. Like yeah. you're always like talking about an energy drink that you're drinking. So man, I'm proud of you, man. Congratulations. <laughs> baby steps, bro. Baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You're like, I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to quit. Awesome. Well, Paul, you're in a, we're currently recording. You're in Hawaii, man. So, man, I think here it's about 1.30. So that means there it's about 3.30 in the morning, right? (laughs) (laughs) 9.30 a.m. actually right now. That's awesome. Well, Paul, man, I'm so excited about our guest today, man. He is like a living legend in collegiate ministry. Yeah, dude. He is awesome. I love Arliss. I've been following him for years. When I started collegiate ministry, he was already writing articles and a blog all about best practices for collegiate ministry. So it's so cool to get to have him on. Um, It's a special opportunity for us. Absolutely. So, hey, Next Gen on Mission friends, today we want to welcome Arliss Dickerson to the Next Gen on Mission podcast. He's been in collegiate ministry for over 40 years, uh, a faithful follower of Jesus, a husband, a father, a grandfather, author. uh, I mean, just name it. We could go on and on and on, but we don't want to waste any more time. We want to welcome our dear friend, Arliss Dickerson to the Next Gen on Mission podcast. So Arliss, welcome, my friend. We're so glad that you're on today. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, hey, before we jump in and get too spiritual, uh, I saw in your bio where you met your wife in college, you ran for student body president, and you found out she actually voted against you. Is that right? <laughs> I, I, I ran for student body president, and I lost by four votes. And uh, uh-huh. so after that, then we started dating. And I think on our second or third date, she told me that she voted against me because she thought I liked myself too much. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, hey, well, praise the Lord that hey, she uh, she ended up liking you herself. So praise the Lord for that. I, th- yeah. I think she decided she needed to work on that issue with me. So we're, yeah, you know, that's, that's right. Hey, that's right. Hey, I always say hey, one of uh, the gifts of God in my life is my wife and she definitely knows how to keep me humble. Praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, honest, yeah. Before we uh, get uh, too much deeper in the conversation. Tell us one fun fact about you that we may not already know. Uh, well, I like to play golf. Uh, I'm not a good golfer, but I like to play golf. I, I made one hole in one. I was playing by myself. And nobody saw it but me. <laughs> wow. I said, I said, well, the Lord saw it, so that's good enough. You know? Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's I, I, I believe you, Arliss. I believe you. Uh, you I, trust, I trust you. I, and that's like when I go out surfing, there's – 
there's a thing called getting barreled. And so it's like when you go through the tube of the yeah. wave and I'll tell my brother, Hey, I got barreled today. And he's always looking at me like, are you oh, serious? <laughs> <laughs> it always happens when you're by yourself. How convenient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Arliss, we'll jump into this question. We ask all our guests, um, what have you observed? What do we need to know about generation Z? Well, you know, these days, I think I talk to college ministers more than I talk to students. So I'm, I'm not as good a, uh, on that as I might be. But I, I think two things. I think uh, uh, they want information. Uh, they want, they're looking for people who will invest in them. And they want to make their own decisions. They, they want you to give them good information and they can make their own decisions. But I still think college students are the most fascinating people to talk to and visit with. Hmm. Absolutely. And we agree with that, Arliss. In fact, that's why Paul and I do what we do. We, it, we love this. It's a conviction for us. And one thing that we really respect about you, Arliss, is just how faithful you've been to the Lord and to reaching people with the gospel for not just years, but decades. And, uh, you know, and it seems like, and I know it's always been an issue. Social media has probably put it more in front of our face, but it's almost like on a weekly basis, you hear of another leader who has fallen uh, either morally or they burned out or walked away from ministry or even some have left the faith. And so we just appreciate how committed you are and faithful you've been yes. really over a lifetime. And that's what we wanted to talk about is serving the Lord over a lifetime. And so we love your passion, your zeal, your commitment, your faithfulness. So tell us a little bit about your story of how you came to know the Lord and then just what the Lord's done in your life. Well, um, I grew up in a county seat, First Baptist Church, you know, very typical story, came to the Lord when I was, uh, you know, nine years old. Uh, my mother led me to the Lord one afternoon after church, and uh, I grew up in that church, was very active in that church, and then in high school, I was all about sports, and I wasn't, wasn't a bad guy by any means. I went to church, I had my church friends, and I had my football basketball friends, and uh, when I... Uh, uh, I began to feel like maybe God was calling me to the ministry or whatever like that, but I thought maybe I felt like it was to be a coach uh, because coaches had, had such a big impact on me. And uh, I went to college and uh, I got involved in what was called Baptist Union and then, and uh, I saw people who were really, I, I felt like I'd kind of had separate parts of my life. Here was my school life and here was my church life. And I, I became connected in college through the BSU with people who I really felt like had integrated all of that. And that really, you know, moved in my life. And uh, uh, then I, as I was graduating, I was offered some opportunities to work in college ministry. But the Vietnam draft and the Vietnam War was big then. Wow. And uh, so I was not ordained. And uh, I, I had my church where I'd served as summer youth minister and growing up said they would like to ordain me. But I, I, I did not because I didn't want to think that I'd been ordained in order to stay out of the army or stay out of the war. Right. I wanted to feel like I'd been ordained because the Lord called me in that. Amen. And so I wound up being drafted, went to Vietnam. I was one night I was laying in a guard tower with rain dripping in my face, trying to use a steel helmet as a pillow. And I thought, uh, Lord, that was really pretty stupid on my part. Wow. Well, the guys I was with in Vietnam, a lot of them just said, uh, Hey, when I get out, I'm going to go home, stay drunk. That's just what I'm going to do when I get out of Vietnam. 
Mm-hmm. And I started, you know, I just had such a sense that I wanted my life to count. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I started saying it was a dumb thing to say, but it's kind of the only thing you know. I said, well, I'm going to go home and run for governor of Arkansas. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I didn't go home and run for governor of Arkansas. And that really wasn't, you know, where I was headed. But it, it was my calling that, and, and just my time in Vietnam really enhanced that in my life. I want my life to count. I don't want to go home and be drunk. I don't want to go home and just exist. I want my life to count. And mm-hmm. so anyway, that's that's the short version. And um, that's one thing I love about you is you've stayed focused on college ministry for all these years. And so you're and you've been championing it. You write articles, you yep. promote it, you raise money for seminaries to help with people that are interested in college ministry. And so why are you so laser focused on reaching, discipling and mobilizing college students? Well, I, I, I call it the high calling. I, I really, you know, I, I've said that when God calls hundreds of preachers, he only calls a few college ministers. You know? <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I'm glad to be a part of the high calling. Well, I just think, you know, college students, I think that's the perfect age. Uh, they're not in cement yet, and yet they can make their own decisions. And, and, and I just... I just think there's not any other age in life like that. And if we were to take that as seriously as we ought to, it would make all the difference in the world. You know, I, I think even if, if we did international ministry like we ought to, we wouldn't have to send missionaries overseas. Wow. You know, international would go back to their countries because they're already, you know, going to become the economic and political leaders and so forth. And so I, I just think the college campus and college students offer uh, opportunities that's just not there anywhere else in touching, reaching people. Yeah, absolutely. And Arliss, Paul and I, we feel the same way that that really next-gen ministries, whether it's collegiate ministry, student ministry, even children's ministry, that's a high calling. Um, and so as Paul and I travel around and we speak in so many events and we're around so many leaders, your your name is a name that just keeps coming up um, because of your faithfulness. And, and really, you're a lifer. You're a lifelong uh, devotee to this. And so uh, one thing I always tell churches, you know, especially local churches, if they're looking to hire a college pastor or youth pastor, I always say, if that person tells you they're just doing this as a stepping stone, then don't hire them. You know, now we know the Lord can do whatever he wants, right? He can move somebody into planting a church or pastoring a church or whatever, but we want people who feel committed to this lifers. So what advice would you give leaders um, that do feel called to be lifers of, of reaching college students with the gospel? What advice would you give them? Well, one of my big things on that is that uh, uh, there are different uh, seasons in your life, Mm -hmm. and there's different strengths and weaknesses to every season. And so part of it is to recognize, okay, what's the strength of the season I'm in? Okay, and how do I play to that strength? What's the weakness of the season I'm in, and how do I mitigate that? And, you know, I, I've got a thing I do, you know, you know, spring, summer, you know, and so forth and so on. And I really do. I think there's a strength to every age, but there's a strength to every, uh, uh, you know, age older as well. And so not just, you know, college ministry is not just for the young. You know, uh, God's not just call us to be buddies. You know, college mm-hmm. has got lots of buddies. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. But, yeah. but they need mentors and people to experience past their life experience that will invest in them and so forth. Yeah, you know, uh, Lifeway did a study a few years ago where it came back that one of the top things that young adults wanted was an older adult to, to mentor them and speak into their life. And so, uh, 
you know, it, it just is a myth that college ministry is for the uh, only for the young or till I can get my own church. You know, uh, I would speak sometimes in a church on Sunday morning. Somebody would come up and say, you know, I think you're good enough to have your own church. Well, <laughs> well, thanks, you know, but I have my own ministry, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, so, but here, here's the other thing. We have got to make it financially possible for people to stay in That's it their right. whole life when they have That's kids right. or having to have braces and doing this and that and so forth. Right. And some people get forced out of college ministry just in, in having to provide for their family. And I think that's where the responsibility of the greater church and our denomination as a whole, we got to make it possible for people to stay for the long term. Absolutely. Yeah. That is so good. You invest in and truly is what you invest in is what you value. And so I, yes, we are big fans of next gen leaders being well-resourced and encouraged and mentored and having those support systems that they need. So thank you for saying that, because I think that's that's a really important piece of the puzzle, Arliss. Um, also, uh, something you mentioned is this this need that college students and, and young adults have for mentors. I've just noticed so many of them don't have a great relationship, especially men, I've noticed, with their father. Their father wasn't really the spiritual mentor. And so <laughs> I mean, I'm even getting emotional thinking about it. Like, um, just the opportunity that I've had um, with so many young men to to kind of play that that spiritual father role. Um, and I know you've done that with many as well. Um, so yes, just thanks for bringing that up is, is just I think that we've, we have such an opportunity to encourage and play key roles in, in students lives. Anything you'd, you'd add to that thought, Arliss? Well, I just uh, um, one of the things I started doing many, many years ago was meeting an hour a week with uh, uh, our student leaders. And uh, uh, I, I just think that's a huge investment. And, uh, uh, you know, I was amazed at how many didn't feel like they had anybody that talked to them like that, you know, and, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, I always say, well, okay, we're going to meet for an hour. The first 30 minutes, we're going to talk about whatever you want to talk about. In the second 30 minutes, we're going to talk about your ministry responsibility, how it's going, what you need to do, et cetera, et cetera, you know. And, yep. um, uh, uh, you know, we started seeing a lot of people call the ministry and all like that. And people would say, why are so many people called the ministry out of y'all's ministry? And for a long time, I'd say, I don't know, it's just the Lord. Well, I, it was the Lord, but I, I'll go back to what we were doing. I think it was that investment in individuals yeah. and so forth. Yes. And I think that multiplies your ministry. Yep. Yeah. That personal aspect. I love that. So you're a prolific author. How many books have you written on college ministry at, at this point now, Arliss? How many have I written or how many have actually sold? <laughs> <laughs> let's go with, let's go with written, written. Cause you, you also have given away quite a few for free as well. So, uh, well, uh, you know, I've got, uh, I, th I think it's about seven, you know, nice. two or three are ebooks and uh, mm -hmm. the last couple I, They've been more brief, you know, and that sort of thing. But I did one that was more of a major book called Almost Everything About College Ministry. Yeah, that's well been really received well and used a lot. It is being used a lot. And so I, I really appreciate that. And so I just have self-published all of them just for a variety of reasons. Love that. And I love how you have a lot of just really helpful lists. You don't, you don't go too in-depth on, on certain things. You just kind of give it because people are smarter than 
a lot of times people give them credit for. So, (laughs) but, but if you give them a list, then they can think through and they can take it to where they need to go. So I'm going to ask you for a quick list off the top of your head. What are the top five principles um, for a college ministry to see health and growth? Uh, Well, I may not get to five, but, but here we go. One, they're a student of their campus. Every campus is different, you know, and you may look, well, look at Paul, what Paul Luster did in California. I'm going to do exactly what he did. Their campus is not just like the campus where, you know, you were and all like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I think they're, they're uh, really trying to attract, invest, train leaders. Mm-hmm. And uh, because for two reasons, one, that's one of our jobs for the church for the future. You know, okay, we're we're turning out leaders that can be leaders in churches, not just pastors and so forth, but they they can be leaders. And the second thing is because students can reach more students than we can reach, they can take. So we invest in leaders, plus that multiplies our time. Uh, Another thing I see in those is they have a very intentional and well-done freshman outreach. Right. uh, As you know, freshmen are more open at the beginning of the school year than at any other time in their college career. And so they really do that well and they connect with them personally and they follow up on them and, and all of that. And I don't know how many of that is. One, one more I, I would three. say is I, I think they have, uh, the college minister, there's two parts of this. The college minister understands what his or her strength is and really is utilizing that strength. Like mm-hmm. some are speakers, some are not, some are, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And, and they really, okay, this, this is my strength and I'm leaning into it. And then I think every ministry has an individual strength that has to do with mm-hmm. kind of their student leaders and where they are on campus or their campus, et cetera. And they're really leaning into and maximizing that strength. That, I don't, I don't know how many of that is, but that, that's five. You got okay. it. You nailed right. it. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's just our list right there on the spot, just overflowing with wisdom and experience. Yeah. Well, overflowing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, Arliss, um, you know, and so many times, like Paul and I, uh, and just really the roles we're in, we sometimes we find ourselves almost being like pastors and counselors to those who are in ministry, you know, uh, because right. we become sure. a safe space for people, right? Sure. And so sometimes uh, we find that collegiate leaders or youth leaders, uh, they don't feel valued sometimes by the students, they don't feel valued by the parents, or sometimes they don't even feel valued by maybe their pastors or because people don't understand what they're trying to do or the value of their ministry. So two things, and there's really two parts to this question. What encouragement would you give a collegiate leader, student leader that maybe don't feel valued uh, in their ministry? And what would you wish those pastors or those parents or their students would know, would want to know about the value of the ministry? So an encouragement for the leader and then what you wish people would know about the value of those next-gen ministries. Yeah. Well, part of it goes back to what I've said a while ago, and that is that this is a calling of the Lord. Yep. It's, it's not just, oh, I thought I'd go do this or whatever like that. Mm. And, and, and no calling of the Lord is loaded, you know. And wow. uh, uh, that's good. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a calling of the Lord, it just period. And uh, why do anything else, you know, kind of thing. And uh, I think also one of the things is that that uh, you have to, as a college minister, you have to connect with some people that get who you are. One of the dangers is that we spend all of our time talking to college students 
but we don't do anything that nurtures us and builds into yeah, us. That's right. And, and I think you got to do that. And like, you know, for years I've had, uh, you know, different friends and we would talk who do college ministry, get what I do. Y'all know Steve Masters. Steve Masters and I have talked for years on the phone. Sometimes yeah. somebody said, when was the last time you talked to Steve? I said, well, you mean this morning or this afternoon? You know, kind of. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. If you know Steve, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, he's great. You no, know, but you've got to have somebody who gets you and gets what you're doing and all like that. But, and I say, you know, Sue said to me, my wife said to me one time, you don't know how to talk to anybody with college students. And, and, and it, it really, she was right. And it really convicted me. And at that point, I started teaching an adult Sunday school class at our church, adults other than college students who were in my age category. So I started having some friends who, you know, did different things and that sort of thing. And so I think one of the things is what we do sometimes can isolate us if we yeah. don't uh, uh, do some things connect. The other thing, which I say, uh, one of the two biggest killers of college ministries, college ministers is comparison. Yeah. You know, looking, well, here's this guy or gal over here, and boy, they're super successful, and, and I'm a bum, you know. And mm. and and comparison doesn't work because you don't know all that's going on over there. And you know, they may have a hundred thousand dollar budget, and you're over here right. working on you know twenty bucks a month, you know, yeah, or yeah. something like that. And you know, it's it's crazy. And so, don't don't compare. Just okay. Am I being what I need to be where God has called me to be? And am I connecting some other people and letting some people speak into my life? And I say, go to church. Don't just go speak or go to say, hmm, let's see how they're doing this. But go and, you know, let church speak into your life and so forth. Good. Yeah, I love that, Arliss. Arliss, and I love what you said about the comparison uh, aspect because we can all be guilty of that. We once had a, a guest on here, Paul. Remember, he dropped a little one-liner said, "It's a snare to compare." Yeah, and I've never yeah. forgot that. Yeah, and that's so true. It's a snare to compare. I've not um, heard that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, Arliss, gosh, thank you so much for your wisdom, your experience. Uh, gosh, I've been encouraged and blessed. I know our listeners have as well. And we always yeah. kind of love to wrap up our conversation with really the same on mission charge that the heart behind this podcast is to see the next generation realize they're really the now generation, not only the future of the church, but they're also part of the church right now that they have a calling on their life now, a mission on their life now. So would you give us one closing thought on that and one practical next step? Well, one of the things I've been saying lately is believe and act on the fact that God is doing more than you know. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Um, when I uh, when I retired from the ministry at Arkansas State, I got uh, some letters from some people saying, you made the difference in my life. I didn't even know who they were. <laughs> I, I didn't so remember. Now, maybe i was senile or stupid, you know, but <laughs> but I, I think it goes back to that thing when when we're just you know, God is using things we don't even know. God is doing things in kids' lives we don't even realize. Mm. And so believe that and trust that and act on that when you feel like, you know, nothing's happening, nothing's going on and all like that, you know. And and I, I just believe always that, and we learn later, you know, like I'll say, you know, somebody said, well, yeah, I became a Christian at that retreat. I said, you did? I didn't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's incredibly encouraging, yeah. Arliss. And uh -huh. I think our listeners are going to want to follow you and connect with your books and resources. Um, what are some ways that they can do that? Well, I have a blog called collegeministrythoughts.blogspot.com. 
and uh, I usually post a couple of times a week and it is none of it's uh, brain surgery. It's, uh, you know, somebody said I speak on about an eighth grade level and uh, that's probably true or unless it's lower than that. And I try my whole thing is it's not Bible study. It's not theology. It's just real kind of practical, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how you yep. do this, how you do that, and that sort of thing. So, and it's free and so forth. And then uh, the one commercial pitch, you know, my books are at Amazon. So great, great. Yeah. Yeah. And I really want to encourage you next general mission podcast family to really follow Arliss, engage, read his stuff. Uh, you mm-hmm. will be blessed and encouraged. Paul and I have, um, it's so practical where you look at it and go, man, I can utilize this in my ministry immediately. So you will be only encouraged, uh, and equipped through his resources. So we really want to encourage you with that. And Arliss, thank you so much for your time yes, and you. friends, uh, who are listening. Thank you so much for your time. We love our next general mission podcast family that is ever growing. And so we want to thank you for continuing to engage with us. And if you ever have any questions whatsoever on reaching the next generation, please email us at evangelism at nam.net. We'll try to address those on a future podcast. Also, uh, we're just so excited about the continual growth of this podcast. And that is only because of you, podcast family, that you are engaging with us, you're sharing with us. So if this conversation has been helpful to you, we just want to encourage you to share it with people, post it on social media, Uh, Continue to give us those likes and follows uh, on your favorite podcast platform. Also, uh, if you want to see these conversations, we are so excited. We're now uploading the video aspect on YouTube. So check out our Jen, G-E-N, Send, S-E-N-D. So Jen Send YouTube channel and be sure to subscribe to that as well. And like Paul says, give us those ratings, but only five stars, right, Paul? Nothing less than five stars. It's either five (laughs) stars or nothing at all, right? (laughs) So continue to give us those ratings. And and, uh, we're just so thankful for you, podcast family. And we just want to encourage you to have a great rest of your day and tell somebody about Jesus.